Welcome to the My New Life message with Mac McDonald. As a former member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint, or formerly known as Mormon, Mac converted to Christianity on September 29, 2020, and it has since changed his life. With a love and passion for his LDS friends and the LDS people, Mac's heart is inspired to open the eyes and ears to those friends and members and lead them to the Word of God found only in the Bible. Salvation is only given through Jesus Christ, and it is Mac's passion to lead members and friends to Christ and His road to salvation. Welcome everyone to My New Life. My name is Mac McDonald. Today's message is The Good Person Test. This Christmas will mark the very first Christmas holiday season that I will spend without my mom. She passed away last year, shortly before Christmas, and left me with a huge void in my life. I love my mom very much, and her and I I love both my parents and my whole family, but my mother and I always had a very special relationship. She was my first best friend, I like to say, and she was. She was a huge influence on my life, and I get emotional every time I think about what a what a great person she was and all the great examples and, and, and things that she taught me through example and through her life. A very humble, sweet, kind lady in a very humble life. In 2020, September 29th, it was a life-changing day for me. It's the day I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I was with my wife, Cheryl, and my daughter, Holly. And we all three at the same time, that night, accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior and made a major change in our lives. It wasn't too long after this where I I felt like I, I had to be vocal and I had to start saying something to, to people. And my first inclination was to point out all the wrongs of the LDS church and all the websites that they can go to and all the books they can find all this information at. And I'm sure people have heard about the CES letter and all these other things that are out there. But then I thought, what would I do back in my ultra LDS days, 100% believing member, if I would have been confronted by this information way back then? And the answer is simple. I would have now listened to it. I would have listened to what the prophets were telling me to do. And I would take that advice and stay away from it. And I did. My whole life up until one point. And I realized that I don't want to make these messages about beating up the church and telling you all these resources to go to because all it's going to do is turn you off. What I want, to know, want you to know is where I got my salvation from and how I got my salvation, and how I know for the first time in my life exactly where I'm going the day I die, to return back with my Father in heaven. 
That day changed my life. It turned me into a different person. Totally. And it was real simple in recognizing my sin. And as I thought about my mother, when I knew she was dying, I had this desperate sense to go talk to her. And a lot of her friends and, of course, family members, not direct family members of mine, family members of hers, my extended family, warned her not to join her son's church and to stay away from him. And I don't hold any animosity towards those people because, like I said, I was the same way. I did the same things my whole life. And every time I had a chance to talk to my mom, I was doing just that. I was trying to explain to her how the LDS church wasn't true. And I regret that now. Totally regret that. Because she did exactly what I expected her to do. She she turned away. She, she didn't want to talk to me. She didn't want to come to my visit at my church. She didn't want to do any functions with me. It was very standoffish. And I thought, well, what do you, what's your message? Your message is that of Jesus Christ. That in reading the word of God and being pointed out by your pastor that you're a sinner and that you're going to die in those sins unless you change and that salvation only comes through him. Isn't that the message I should have been giving my mom? Well, of course. Most people believe like my mom and believe like I used to. And, and you hear it all the time. It's like they always say, well, if, I, if the church isn't true, I'm okay. Because I've lived a good life. The church has great standards. So I'm not perfect, but I'm certainly, God knows the intentions of my heart. He loves me. I know there's a God. I'm not worried about it. And I'm going to be fine. And it's a very pacifistic and thing that you say to yourself, because what if the church isn't true? And we avoid that. And we also say to our things, say to ourselves things all the time, like, well, all I know is, all I know is the church is true. All I know is when I read the Book of Mormon, the Holy Spirit touched my heart and told me that it was true. All I know is when I was in the temple and going through a, a service, I, I felt the presence of God there. And I realized for me how untrue those statements were because simply put, I didn't have the Holy Spirit. I thought I did, but I didn't. And all these incidences that were happening in my life that I was relating to the truthfulness of the church, weren't the Holy Spirit telling me the church is true. They were just giving me that personal conscience affirmation of what I felt was right. But we didn't have the Holy Spirit. I didn't have the Holy Spirit. Because it's very clear when Christ said he would leave us the comforter, leave us his spirit, he said exactly what it would do. It would testify of him. Well, helping people find their car keys or their lost wedding ring or getting a good parking spot isn't the Holy Spirit's function, and that's not what's happening. Obeying God's law through works isn't what you're supposed to do to get and receive and maintain the Holy Spirit. 
And that's what I kind of want to go over in this first message. It's called the good person test. There's a scripture, five, the, the, both of these are John, one you've heard of, John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And the next one in John is 3.16, the one that we've all memorized for so long. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, I know we all love that scripture, and I do too. And it tells us right there that salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. But how? Because when the Pharisees were asking Christ, you know, what's the greatest commandment? What should we follow? His response was, was, was perfect. That's in Matthew 22, 35 through 39. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's how I reflected on my life. And so many times when I had walked out of a, a stake president's office with my temple recommend in my hand, signed off, and I, I thought, you know what? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good right now. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to say I'm perfect, but I'm pretty good. And if I were to die that day, I, I know where I'd go. And we all have that same feeling when we, when we get our temple recommend signed up. We, we've passed the rule, but are we on the, the, the test, so to speak? But are we really good? No. No. Those two commandments that, that Christ gave the Pharisee is a compilation of the Ten Commandments. I remember my pastor pointing this out to me, and I, it was a, one of those profound moments in my life where I'm like, wow, you're right. He didn't say just obey those two. He said obey all Ten Commandments. But he summarized them in two commandments. The first four commandments, no other gods before me, no graven image, don't take the Lord's name in vain, and to take that one day, the Sabbath, and keep it holy. That's the first four commandments. That's vertical towards your Father in heaven. You obey those commandments. That's, those are the, that is the most important commandment you can possibly keep. That means no other worshiping of other worldly items, no other worshiping of another god or, or breaking God into multiple gods and saying that he's one of three gods or he was one of many gods before he came to this earth and he went to the same trial that we did as a man. No. It says it very clearly. No other gods before me. Period. And the next, like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself, which is the remaining commandments of five through ten. Honor your mother and your father, commandment number five. Commandment number six, thou shalt not commit murder. Commandment number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. And adultery, as we know, 
can be in the heart or it can be the physical act. But we also know that we're taught that any intimate relationship between anybody that isn't in the confines of marriage between a man and a woman is that violation of that commandment. And number eight, thou shalt not steal. And number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not lie. Be honest. And number 10, thou shalt not covet. Not your, your neighbor's wife, his belongings, nothing. So you see those two commandments cover the 10 commandments. And that's what I'd like to point out in, in, in today's discussion about the good person test. Ask yourself the, that question and ask yourself more importantly, look at the leader of the church, the founder of the church. And this was, this was an, a, an eye-opening moment for me. And it's just asking a simple question. Would Joseph Smith have passed the good person test? Well, the first commandment. Did he have other gods before God? Well, yeah, he did. He not only had God broken into three separate gods, which the Bible clearly states is not true, but he also believed that God was once like us, a man with a physical body. And we know God is a personage of spirit. That Jesus Christ is God in the flesh and the Holy Spirit is his spirit left with us to testify of him. So we know it's not three separate beings, and we know he was not a man like us. And he says this throughout the scriptures. There were no gods before me. There were no gods, there will be no gods after me. We will not become gods. So did Joseph Smith break the first commandment? Yes, he did. What other commandments do we know of, or did I learn that, that he had broke? Well, the glaring one, commandment seven. Yes, Joseph Smith committed adultery. I would learn later that he had 33 additional wives other than Emma that he had sealed himself to. 33. And 11 of those were married to other women, other men. That's adultery, no matter how you slice it. And there's substantial evidence to show that he did have intimate relations with these people. So did he break the, ninth, the seventh commandment? Yes, he did. He broke the seventh commandment. As hard as that is to accept, nowhere in the Bible do you see God approving men to take on other wives. In fact, he gives a direct commandment against it without any exceptions. Even David, if you've ever read the 51st Psalm and you wonder if David ever repented of his sins, he did. He knew that he'd committed murder by killing Uriah, putting him on the front, front lines. He knew that he took and coveted his wife, Uriah's wife. That's why he killed him. And he also committed adultery. And the 51st Psalm is so well put and perfect in his recognition of that and his sorrow that he, that he knows he was wrong. And he asked the God, he asked God for forgiveness. And the beauty of salvation is that gift is unconditional and it's free. So we know he received it.
Then the next commandment you have to ask yourself, did Joseph Smith tell a lie? Well, yes, he did. When I found out that Joseph Smith was lying to his congregation and not telling them that he was practicing polygamy, that's a lie. No matter how you slice it, there's no rationale around that. He lied. And not only did he lie and deny it, anybody that you could disagree and not practice polygamy, but you could not be vocal like Oliver Cowdery was and say anything contrary to Joseph Smith practicing polygamy. Because if you did, he would attack you in the most malicious way. And, and even his former close associate, Oliver Cowdery, he excommunicated him for other reasons because Oliver Cowdery never accepted polygamy and nor did he ever, he thought that Joseph Smith was in the wrong for doing it. And he was very public about it. So Joseph Smith got rid of him. So yes, he lied and he bore false witness against his neighbors. And he did this to anybody that would say things about him, about polygamy, vocally. And the 10th commandment, we already know that he violated that by taking 11 wives of married men and again evidence to show that he did have intimate relations with some of these and some of these men actually stood in on the ceiling of their wife to joseph smith so would joseph smith pass the good person test and the answer is no no he wouldn't and i ask you today to look at yourself to review yourself, even if you have that temple recommend in your hand. Are you blameless before God? Have you gone to God and repented of your sins and cleaned the slate to him and to him only, getting on your knees and asking God for forgiveness of your sins? And he will give it. His, his, his grace is by which you are saved. The, the free gift with no strings attached, no condition to pay your tithing or, or anything, the free gift of repentance and God's grace is there for everybody. And once you accept it at that moment and promise to put God first in your life, above your marriage, above everything, God will always come first. And all your decisions. Repentance means to turn away from. And that's all you're doing is turning away from the old you. That's all I did that night with my wife and my beautiful daughter, Holly. We turned away from the old sinners that we were. That we knew we were. And we promised to put God first in our lives. And walk a new path. And become different people. Become a different person. A follower of Christ. I ask that you do that, that you look at that. If you're considering right now leaving the LDS church or if you're having doubts, take your Bible with you. Don't look into the anti-LDS stuff. It's out there. It'll lead you down all kinds of rabbit holes and unfortunately make you very angry, which you shouldn't be. But what you will realize is in that Bible of yours that you have, that's all you need. You don't need these other fictional books. You don't need any of them. 
You need the Word of God. It's not missing many plain and precious truths, which I will discuss in another message later. But just know this. Salvation comes through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, or if you would like to meet with Mac McDonald, send your request to mac at newlifecasagrande.com. Again, thank you for listening to today's message.